with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And it is a beautiful sunny day out there. We are supposed to have a mix of sun and cloud today, as you probably heard on the forecast. Alan Wishart in the host chair. Steve, as always, on the board. I will say, the way the studio is set up now, it's a little bit tougher for me to see Steve. He's kind of behind a monitor. Uh, we're going to start the show today with an interview I did Thursday evening on our post-to-post sports show, talking to Marietta O'Dine, local snowboard cross racer. And I started by saying, Marietta, it's been a while since we talked. I would say it's been a whole four because wow. it was the year before the last Olympics yeah. and well, the summer before the last Olympics. And here we are again at the next summer before the Olympics. <laughs> Marietta O'Dine, Canadian snowboard cross team. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm guessing you're getting used to hearing that put on your name, right? Canadian snowboard cross team. Of course. I yeah. mean, how many years was it a dream for? And it's just awesome yeah. to listen to. And- did you watch any of the Summer Olympics? Of course. When the Summer Olympics were over, did you suddenly have the same thought that a lot of us, us around here had? Oh, my goodness. It's only six months until the Olympics. Cause it's usually like a year and a half. Yeah, completely. I actually just had a conversation with someone that they didn't even realize it was this year. They thought both were postponed. And I'm like, nope, <laughs> nope. we're, still, we're yeah. uh, still coming up this year. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm guessing last season probably wasn't much of a season, was it, with COVID and all kinds? Was there, was it, there a lot of travel restrictions on you guys? There was travel restrictions, but of course, it, it being our jobs, we need to yes. travel for our jobs. So we were allowed an exception for that. Um, uh-huh. But for that exception, we had to get a COVID test before, after, and during every single event in camp. So it felt safe, you yeah. know? But there was, there was a lot that went into it and a lot that our staff at Canada Snowboard had to do to, you know, get us all the letters and all the testing that we needed to go about our duties. So you were able to go to Europe as well. It wasn't just having to go through all of this, just to travel inside yeah. Canada. No, wow. no, actually, Canada, Canada and North America ended up having zero events this past year. No nationals, no North American Cups, which no. for a lot of kids, that's their building blocks. And yeah. myself, they're building blocks onto the World Cup Tour. Um, so that was a shame that that didn't happen. Yeah, so, but you got to go over to Europe and I'm guessing at this point again, because well, how many years have you been on the Canadian team then? Um, for four years now. Okay. Four or five. Okay. Five so, so some of these courses are probably starting to get to feel almost like a second home. We've actually been able to mix up a lot of the locations uh-huh. and they try and change up the course so that it's not the same mm. every year. So we're <laughs> always kind of kept on our toes, which yeah. is really nice. You know, some things can be the same, but for the most part, they try and build fairly differently, which is amazing because, you know, if you expect to go back to the same course every year, you might uh, have an advantage over someone else, you know, well, who's just yeah. starting out. And again, the home crossers. Is that what you call them? <laughs> <laughs> home athletes? Okay. Northern British Columbia I'm, snowboarders? I'm guessing, it, well, whoever the home athletes are for, yeah. the, for the event each weekend, they would have the advantage anyways because that's the course that they practice on. Yeah, well, we had that, I would say, yeah. at the Canada Winter Games, you know. Yeah. We had the Prince George athletes. We were able to train yeah. on this course um, and... We had so many countries that came to that course for Junior World Qualifiers when we had four North American Cups here mm-hmm. at Tabor. Um, and it was just such an awesome event. And so many people were able to appreciate our training grounds and up at the university when we came. And actually, this 
past few weeks, we had a Team BC camp That's here. what I'd heard about. Yeah. yeah. You guys kind of snuck in without telling anybody, as far as <laughs> I know. So this yeah. was just Team BC, though. Like, this wasn't Team Canada. Yeah. No. Well, I am well, yeah, I am on the National Snowboard yeah. Cross team, but I am training with the BC Snowboard Cross okay. team, um, a team that brought me onto the World Cup Tour, brought me onto the national mm-hmm. team. Um, I've just decided to train with them this year because... I really appreciate this coach and we work really, really well together. Um, and so I really wanted to have a comfortable environment that I felt that I could really trust and go into the Olympics with a really strong program in front of me. And I think as well, training during the summer, it's not quite as important that you're training with the rest of the team. You can sort you you don't want to train on your own, obviously. Yeah. But you don't have to train with the other athletes on the Canadian team yeah. during the summer. I mean, we holler from different places, yeah. you know, from the Canadian team, and I think everyone feels that they are strongest in their home environment, you know, mm-hmm. where they grew up, and um, a lot of us have been feeling more that way on the national team, and it is, you know, it's been easier, I think, on everyone's life mm-hmm. not uh, being so North Vancouver located. Yeah. So. Now, a few minutes ago, you brought up the 2015 Canada Winter Games. Now, I'm trying to remember, how did how did you do it that evening? I won it! Yes. <laughs> it was, oh man, it was actually such a big goal of mine. Um, and I just brought out the medal we've moved around so much over the past mm-hmm. few years. And, you know, it's kind of been, unfortunately, tucked away, but not so much tucked away, but maybe not in a place where I can wake up and go, yeah, here's one of my goals. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I actually recently put it back out on one of my dressers and along with um, a few other medals that are mm-hmm. close to my heart that were once unachievable goals or unreal, maybe not unrealistic goals, but, you know, high no. set goals for myself um, as just a reminder and boost into this year of, you know, look what I can do when I put my head to mm-hmm. what I what I want to achieve. So on that dresser, have you got room left on the side for another medal? <laughs> I hope so. I mean, come um, on, you got to think positive. You got to leave the room already. Yeah, leave an empty space. That's yes. actually uh, a good idea. Paint yeah. a little shadow on the wall or something. Yeah. And then you've got, and then that's your goal. I need to fill, fill that it up. Space. Wow, yeah. that's a great idea. I love that. The positive reinforcement is yeah. it's such a crazy thing. I realized that at a young age and through psychology courses and things like that, growing up through sports, you understand how how important visualization and and uh, yeah. Yeah, well, just they said positive reinforcement yes, even, yeah. yeah. So now you've been training with the BC team. It, as we keep kind of saying, I don't mean to scare you, but it is only about, what, six months until you're actually going to be in Beijing. At Beijing, yep. Well, we're actually well, yeah. leaving in October. We oh. train normally throughout the summer. Right. Of course, with COVID, the past few years have been very different training-wise. We normally have a South American camp. Um, September, <laughs> October, we go to Switzerland, Austria. Um, but this year, we've just kind of put everything off as we've had to with the vaccines rolling in. Everyone kind of need to be mm-hmm. in their safe zones, really. Um, yeah. Once we're done with all the crazy bubble traveling stuff, we had to get that sorted out in the home front for what we're going to do for the plan for this year. Um, but 
there's a lot of setup that goes into training with the team. And I'm really glad to be on the team because I have so many familiar athletes that I've grown with on this team as well. So when you get back together with the Canadian team to do some more training, it's not like you're going to be walking into a room like on the first day of school and going... I don't know anybody. <laughs> no, not at all. It's it's all the same teammates, and yeah. um, everyone, I will see them all on the World Cup tour and everything. It's, you know, girls that I've grown with on the tour for many years, and we'll be seeing each other all throughout the year, and it's it's no hard feelings whatsoever. It's, it's oh. basically, I just wanted to get back to uh, – an environment that was more familiar for mm-hmm. me. Well, I was on the team for so many years, but I, th- I thought it was just time for a change-up, you know? And I'm guessing the other nice thing is with the internet and Zoom mm-hmm. and stuff like that, you're never that far away from your teammates anyways. No, not at all. We're constantly talking to each other. Yeah. There's so many... <laughs> what a surprise. WhatsApp group chats and yeah. Snapchat. There's so many apps that we cross-communicate on. Mm-hmm. It's You're never that far out of reach. And no, we see each other. Most of the time we go the summer without seeing each other because we spend months and months on end <laughs> together. In Europe, it's yeah. fine to have a little bit of a friendship break. Yeah. <laughs> now, when you're talking online with the other people on the team, how often are those sort of informal and how often is it something where it is almost like a team meeting? Not very often. No. 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 Um, no. 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 You'll save those for when you guys all get back together again. Yeah, pretty much. It's throughout the season. We have lots of in-person team meetings. We're constantly with each other. Throughout mm-hmm. the summer, there's tons um i mean with my coach right now we're constantly emailing each other and having calls and talking Mm -hmm. um at this past camp that we had about what our plans will be for this october so it's kind of just a a constant flow of conversation on where we're at what we're thinking what we want to do um or else we would just be on the phone (laughs) for four hours a week (laughs) So now when you guys get back together as the as Team Canada in October, mm-hmm. how many races do you have between then and the Olympics? How many do you have scheduled or is this basically just training for the no, most part? No, there's, uh, I believe, six races, Ooh. which is, I think, more than there was last year. More yeah. races before the Olympics than there was last year. And I'm pretty sure... I'm not 100% positive, but I'm fairly sure that all six of them are qualifiers for the Olympic Games. Wow. So you're on Team Canada. So how does that work then? Um, Well, there's quite a few different ways that Mm -hmm. it works. Um, There's qualifications through being on the national team. You can earn your private spot by being a podium athlete. So Mm -hmm. you're basically guaranteed a spot with your name on it if you're podiuming on the World Cups. Um, Other than that, it's the top spots will go to the national team priority athletes. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from basically down the line, you go off of by qualification results. And then down further from that, coach's discretion. Okay. And then so on and so forth. It kind of trickles down into option A, B, C, D, (laughs) if athlete doesn't do this. (laughs) Yeah. So you're kind of hoping that as it gets time to pick the actual team for the Olympics that you're not – going down to coach's option. <laughs> yeah, well, I actually had a, 
quite an extensive conversation with our team manager about if this decision was going to impact the Olympics mm -hmm. because, of course, that's mm -hmm. athlete's dream. I mean, why would I make any decision that's going to negatively affect my career and how I'm going to represent Team Canada? That's the ultimate goal. I'm trying to yes. get better, be a better athlete. Um, and taking that step, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't risking anything in my career um, while taking this risk, you know, no. um, which I don't feel is a risk really at <laughs> all. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this season and it's already proven to be a great choice for me. So now, after the Olympics, how much of a season is there after that still? Quite a bit. Yeah. I think there's still another four or five races wow. after that. And yeah. again, they're all still going to be over in Europe and Asia? Yes. So yeah. again, for the second straight oh, year. Actually, oh, actually, right so. after the Olympics, we have a World Cup in Montreal. Ah. We're right before. I One need or the to, other. I need to get better on my dates. I should have yeah. brushed up on my dates before. Never this. mind. <laughs> but that, so that'll be the first race that you'll be doing on Canadian soil, if you will, for um, two seasons. For two seasons, yeah. yeah. We had that race at Big White mm -hmm. um, a few years ago, yeah. Um, and before that, it was a much, much, much longer stint than just two years. Okay. Between oh. um, Canada hosting events. Yeah. So even though Canada is known as like a winter sports haven, if you will, mm -hmm. we just don't get the not, events. No, not the money for snowboard cross. Oh. <laughs> Too bad. Yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, when we do have a meeting with Canada Snowboard, it's about how much it costs to put on a Canadian snowboard cross event. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And you guys come out of the meeting going, okay, I okay, guess we're not thanks. having it this year. Yeah. <laughs> Shucks. Is there usually one in the U.S. at least, or is it basically Europe and Asia? Um, basically Europe and Asia. The mm -hmm. U.S. has been kind of the same as Canada, a little bit flip-floppy with their event hosting. Um, we did have two in a row, basically, a world championships test event and world championships mm -hmm. there. Huh? And now you were saying in previous years you'd had a South American camp. Mm -hmm. Does South America ever host a World Cup event? Yes, Ushuaia uh, actually hosted a World Cup. Okay. Yeah, it was Ushuaia. Um, it was awesome. It was so much fun to have a World Cup in the middle of the summer. It was a super good boost for everyone. It felt like the fun didn't stop and everyone was kind of on the same boat of – being in kind of the middle of the season, and it was nice to have that event normally in August before you know a few more months of summer training, and then getting into the full blown <laughs> season. So it was almost like switching sports for a second, almost like playing the Stanley Cup game yeah. in the middle of the off season before you go to training camp. Exactly, exactly. And the weather was so warm. It was oh. it was a super fun event. It was a new experience, I think, for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It was the only World Cup I've had in South America. I've done South American Cups before, but never a World Cup in South America. And it was... Um, Insane. Argentina, sorry. Okay, Argentina. That's South America. That's Argentina. It's yeah. in South America, so. So, what what are you up to, like, right now? We're mid-August. You were saying October is when you get back together mm -hmm. with Team Canada. Is the next two months then basically just training with Team BC, or are you giving your are you are you giving yourself a little bit of a summer holiday at some point? <laughs> you know what? Actually, I had uh, 
I had my summer holiday, it feels like. I spent a lot of time um, training, working, but also really focusing on grounding myself down mm. at the lake and uh, with art, actually. I just made a website today. That's Ooh. what I was doing before this. Um, so I've been painting to help ground myself down, you know, yeah. go for a walk early in the morning before, like, the coffee, stuff like mm -hmm. that. Just... I live um, just up in College Heights, right near mm. Gladstone, and yep. it is such a gorgeous park to walk mm. through early mm -hmm. in the morning. And I thought, my mom has been telling me for years, you should sell your art, because I've been painting and drawing and everything <laughs> since a kid. And I'm like, you know what? I think this year I might actually okay. do it. And uh, so I've been doing a lot of that and trying to get them ready and asking my friends, you know, is this garbage or is this good? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tell me. <laughs> and don't tell me as a friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Now I'm just going to check. Reg, is it okay if we promote a local artist who's just got a new website up and going? No. Well, okay. it's not really a website. It's oh. uh She'll have to pay big money. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> true. It's um, eBay. Oh, I just posted it on eBay as a Olympic fundraising auction. Ah, there you go. Okay. There's yeah, that's There's the way to loophole. do it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Go on eBay, look for Marietta yes. O'Donnell. Yeah. Yes, and just bid, 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 bid. Just bid. I put them. I just started them at a hundred bucks because I'm not any type of professional artist, mm -hmm. but I oh, got to cover the paint and canvas that I bought yeah. and the time that I walked around picking <laughs> all my leaves from the park and stuff like that. And in each one of them, they do have a bit of a description on why, where, when, you mm -hmm. know, kind of what was going on mentally, things like that. Because, um, of course, as an artist, you're going to be involved in the painting. Yeah. Um, other than that, with training, yeah, it's basically been... Never stopping all mm -hmm. summer, but for this month, well, the next month and a half, we really have until we're heading out. It's kind of the last push until the season. So it's full force training yeah. and full force sponsorship hunting and trying to get all the last creative ideas out of myself to help secure that I can <laughs> be at every single event and... And of course, if the paintings really take off on eBay, yes. that would make that so much easier. Yes, wouldn't exactly. It? I would really hope so. Um, yeah, that would be amazing. That's why I kind of thought the auction you could sponsor yourself was the best idea. Yeah, yeah. and it was a, it's a very personal thing yeah. um, that I thought could be relatable. I don't know how many people love paintings these days, but I've been doing more and more online research about it, and I'm like, you know what? I can do this too. So I, I have been painting for years. Let me do it. And a really good idea is if you went to the Olympics and won a gold medal, mm -hmm. just imagine the amount your paintings would sell for then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you'd be set for the rest of your career. Yeah. Um, some of them, one of them I actually didn't even realize looks like a Canadian tribute to a gold medal. And I'm like, oh, no. maybe I should keep cool. this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's, they're super neat. Hang that on the wall till you get the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the medal the to put thing. in the place. Yeah, yeah. good idea. Yeah. Again, an interview I did, along with some help from Reg Fair at the end, where local snowboard cross racer Mary Etto Dine last Thursday on our Post to Post Sports Show. Take a quick break. Be back with more after nine.
Find out what's happening in and around Prince George for the latest community events and happenings. Tune in to After 9 weekday mornings at 9 o'clock on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Your host for the day will interview everybody from local politicians to cultural contributors and a whole lot more. Stay in the know with After 9, weekday mornings at 9 o'clock, only here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. If you missed the live broadcast, catch the repeats every Sunday to Thursday night at 10. Watson Weekend returns to Hubble Homestead this Friday through Sunday. Suitable for all ages, Watson Weekend will feature new puzzles and brain teasers for your group to work on at your own pace. Watson Weekend events are free with your admission donation. And don't miss the annual Potato Festival, September 5th and 6th. Full details on both events are available at hubblehomestead.ca. Watson Weekend, Friday through Sunday at Hubble Homestead, 40 kilometers north of Highway 97 on Mitchell Road. Due to ongoing pandemic restrictions, the Saints and Sinners Tour concert slated for November 7th at CN Center has been cancelled. There are no plans to reschedule. Tickets purchased by credit card will be automatically refunded, while refunds for tickets purchased with cash or debit can be obtained at the Tickets North box office at CN Center, starting Wednesday. Once again, the Saints and Sinners Tour concert scheduled for November 7th at CN Center has been cancelled, with no plans to reschedule. Forecast from Environment Canada, a mix of sun and cloud today. Winds from the south at 20, a high of 21 with a high UV index. Clear tonight, south winds becoming light early this evening, a low of 5. For Wednesday, sunny, a high of 22 with a high UV index. It's after 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. So heading from the slopes with Marriott O'Dine to the roads with... I was trying to figure out how to phrase this. I guess the original Wheelan Warrior of the North and the newest Wheelan Warrior of the North. Yeah. Karen Pichet and Sylvia Massage. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Morning. So, Sylvia, I'm going to start with you quickly because. Okay. <laughs> you joined what, about two weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. The ride is this Saturday, the Tour de Cure. Mm hmm. That's not a lot of training time. <laughs> no. But you saw me ride my bike to work all the time, so that's been my training. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not the distance. No. that's. I'm a little worried about that one, but it's going to be fine. Wow. Yeah. So have you been on any of the of the actual training rides that they go through? Yeah. I joined last week's ride because mm-hmm. I actually had the weekend off, so I was able to um, join them for that. Uh, and it was really fun. I had a really good time. So You survived. I survived. Oh, good. she more than survived. She's a rock star on the yeah. bike. <laughs> Did you, when you got to the end of the ride, what were, what were your legs feeling like? Um, well, the end of the ride for me was actually my house because I rode my bike to the oh. meetup spot and then I rode back home. Okay. Um, so my legs were pretty tired. I mm-hmm. uh, hadn't felt like that in a long time. But the next day, I could walk the oh, next good. day. So that was a good thing. <laughs> that was probably something you were a little bit worried about the night before, right? When you got home and your legs are going, don't ever do this to me again. You're going, yeah. uh-oh. Yeah, but no, they were fine the next day. So mm-hmm. it was good. Yeah, so, Karen, how long a ride was that? Not trying to scare Sylvia at all. Here, uh, but how long a well, ride did you guys go Sylvia's, on this weekend? you know, riding to the um, meetup mm. place and back. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what her kilometers were, but the ride itself that we did was just over 50 kilometers. Okay. Yeah, and it included part of the route that um, we're using this weekend. Yeah. And now, just so people are clear, it's the Wheeling Warriors of the North, and we're used to hearing them on the ride to conquer cancer. Correct. It's not that name this year, and it's 
it's a different setup all the way along, isn't well, it, really? I mean, due to COVID, it had yeah. been reimagined and mm-hmm. um, actually also rebranded. Yeah. So n- normally we would head down to Vancouver around this time of year and ride from Vancouver to Hope over two days, which mm-hmm. is about 250 kilometers. So this year we're actually, um, you know, really fortunate to be able to ride and we are going to be riding in our own very, very own backyard. Mm-hmm. So, uh, our riders now have a choice of riding 50 kilometers, 100 kilometers or 100 miles, which equals 160 kilometers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we'll be doing that on Saturday. So it'll be a one day ride on August 28th. Yeah. And we're heading out towards, um, Purden. Okay. So Highway 16 will be, you know, m- the main route. So it's a it's a out and back mm-hmm. route. Uh, there will be uh, turnaround points at the 50 kilometer, uh, 100 kilometer, and 160 kilometer marks. So are all three of the sets of riders leaving at the same time from the same spot? Uh, yes, technically we are. So <laughs> technically, just, well, I just want to add that the 160 kilometer riders are actually mm. starting off from the BC Cancer Agency mm. because we need to tack on some extra kilometers right. for them. Yeah, uh, they are going to be meeting the 100 and the 50 kilometer riders up at Pine View School, like the parking lot there, mm-hmm. and we're going to have a very um, short. Low-key opening mm-hmm. ceremony, uh, Mayor Lynn Hall will come out and say a few words. We have a representative from the BC Cancer uh, Foundation coming up for the ride as well. Mm-hmm. She'll say a few words and, um, you know, just some safety tips, that type of thing. Yeah. And then we'll be all uh, heading out at um, just after the ceremony. Okay, so, so the ceremony is at 8 a.m. Uh-huh. And so, <laughs> like I said, it will be a short opening yeah. ceremony and we head out. Uh, we will be heading out from the parking lot at Pineview, heading, I believe it's the Caribou Highway. Mm-hmm. And then we'll be turning up Giscom Road, so that okay. direction towards the fire hall at the end of that road there, and then take a right onto Highway 16 East. So the 160-kilometer riders, the 100-mile riders, they're joining you guys at Pineview. Are they setting out, like, will they kind of be stopping at Pineview then for the opening ceremonies yes, and everything? Yes, okay. Yeah, yeah. So they're heading out a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, and then heading up, basically up River Road. Yeah. Out towards, uh, up Air- Airport Hill and mm-hmm. towards Pineview. Okay. And meeting us all there. And then, yeah. they, then they get to take a bit of a break for the opening ceremony. And that's why it's <laughs> going to be short. Yeah. Because we don't want them to cool off too much either, yeah. right? Like, so, yeah. Okay. Um... Let's take a break. It's a little bit quick, but let's take a break now. When we come back, we'll talk some more about the Tour de Cure with the Wheeling Warriors of the North after 9. Prince George City Council meetings are now open again to members of the public. Meetings, however, are not yet back to normal as steps remain in place to ensure physical distancing to protect the health and safety of council, staff, and the public in adherence with the city's COVID-19 safety plan and provincial health orders. The city anticipates a phased resumption of pre-pandemic processes and protocols related to public meetings to take place in step with the BC Restart Plan. Full details are available through the Mayor and Council link under City Hall at PrinceGeorge.ca. Nominate your favorite BC craft brewery for a chance at the BC Ale Trail Brewery Experience Award. Think about what you love about our local brewers, then vote for your favorite. Your vote will get you into a draw for one of two grand prize weekends, or you could win a $100 gift certificate to the BC brewery of your choice and a BC Ale Trail Deluxe Swag Pack valued at $200. 
Cast your vote at bcltrail.ca. Entry deadline is September 15th. Organizations in the social service sectors can now request personal protective equipment from the Government of Canada's Essential Services Contingency Reserve. The reserve provides eligible businesses and organizations with supplies to address urgent short-term needs and protect frontline workers. Organizations who provide services-based social programs in support of personal, social, and emotional well-being are eligible. For more information or to register your organization, search for Essential Services Contingency Reserve at Canada.ca. COVID-19 has changed so much in our lives, including how we litter. According to Great Canadian Shoreline Cleanup's annual Dirty Dozen report, the proportion of single-use food packaging litter found on Canadian shorelines nearly doubled last year. With last year's cleanup curtailed due to the pandemic, the cleanup shortfall is substantial. Organize or participate in this year's physically distanced cleanup by registering today at shorelinecleanup.ca. The Great Canadian Shoreline Cleanup, brought to you by OceanWise and the World Wildlife Federation. Featuring the people who make things happen in Prince George, you're listening to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. So Sylvia, newest member of the Wheeling Warriors. So I'm guessing you probably took the nice short route, right? You took the 50? Cause no. lot You're shaking your head. No. 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 I, I, I'm doing the full 160. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you've had one training ride. Yes. Are there any more training rides this week? Uh, nope. Nope. So you'll have had one training ride of any length, and then you're going to go 160 kilometers on Saturday. Yes. Yes, I am. Okay. I have no further questions of this witness, Your Honor. <laughs> <laughs> and Karen, you were saying this is a, this is something different for you guys, too. Because usually when you do the ride, it's the big ride, the ride to conquer cancer down south. And to some extent, they do the organizing and everything. They set up for the escort vehicles and everything. This year, obviously nowhere near as many riders. So it probably didn't really make that much sense to you know try to get all kinds of escort vehicles out when you probably don't even know for sure how many riders you've got. Well, that's true. We don't know exactly how many riders will show up for this particular ride because, in fact, anyone signed up for the Tour de Cure can ride on that day anywhere in the province that they happen to be or even out of province, actually. If if they're signed up for the BC ride, they can ride on that day uh, wherever they would like. Mm -hmm. Um, We are organizing uh, a group of volunteers, however, for our ride here, and we will include... A couple of support vehicles, mm-hmm. and uh, people will be stationed at the turnaround points, handing out water and that mm-hmm. type of thing. So, you know, it's not exactly the same as our, our ride in the past, but we will have support people there. Yeah. Yeah. And now, if this is what it's going to look like going forward, and I assume that's what it's going to be, or are, you, or are they hoping to have everybody back together again next year? Yeah, I believe this? that this is really due to the this COVID is a one-off situation because of COVID, and yeah. you know just that you know the health orders have changed and we can participate in the yeah. ride in in groups of more than ten, etc., um, and not having to wear masks and that kind no. of thing. But I do believe that you know we're hoping, anyways, to mm-hmm. return to the way it was in the past. So. You've got three different ride lengths. You're all leaving Pine View at about, let's say, 8.30, just to be on the safe side, because short remarks sometimes aren't yeah. all really short. Yeah. 
but let's say you're on the road at 8.30, are all three of the groups then starting off at the same time so that you will be a large group until you get to the first turnaround point? Yeah, we'll probably stagger the groups going out, mm, Okay, uh, but we will all be heading out the same direction from right. Pineview School up the old Caribou Highway mm-hmm. and then turning right onto the Giscom Road. Yeah. Yeah. And then turning right again onto Highway 16 East. So okay. that will be the planned route. Um, we're really just hoping that uh, motorists on that day are mindful of the riders, mm-hmm. keeping in mind that a lot of these riders are, I mean, they're just ordinary folk on bicycles. They're not mm-hmm. necessarily... Um, Tour de France participants or yeah, anything like yeah. that. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it is nice to honk. But I yeah. think that that also does startle some riders. So just to yeah. you know, me, be mindful of that. You know, cheering us on and everything mm-hmm. is wonderful, and we encourage yeah. that. But just uh, maybe you know, take a wide berth of the cyclists on the road. And I was just kind of thinking if you're if you want to show your support, maybe when you're halfway past the group, passing them, that's the time to honk. Because then you're not scaring them by honking from behind them, where they might not have yeah, seen you. Yeah. They'll have seen you by now that you're passing them. Then you honk, and they know you're supporting them. You're not saying, get off the road. Exactly, yeah. And I'm assuming, because you guys have had a lot of experience, most of you guys have had a lot of experience with these long trips, it's going to be single file the entire way. Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously, yes, that yes. would be, that is the, the rules of the road yeah. to, to ride single file. Uh, there are going to be, obviously, riders that are going to be passing each other, and mm-hmm. they know the signals and what to do when they do that, so yeah. that they're not um, coming up by surprise. Yeah, don't honk their horns as they catch up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Now, for the ride, for the, for the 160 kilometer riders, including Sylvia, when they get to their turnaround point, is it just the same? Is it just a straight turnaround point where they might be able to get some water or something? Or is there going to be almost a um, a food stop as well? Like, will there be something they can grab just as a bite to eat? Uh, no, the ride is, uh, the riders know that they need to be self-sufficient. Okay. So they will be packing out their own nutrients, their yeah. food, whatever it is that they're going to okay. need to refuel, um, water, etc., mm-hmm. spare tubes. Uh, we do have some of the volunteers that will be available for hydration mostly. Yes. Right? But yeah. the turnaround points are just that. Okay. It's just a, a mark on the on like certain points on the highway that are safe mm-hmm. for us to do that turnaround. Maybe they can stop and, you know, Mother Nature calls and they can yeah. take care of business <laughs> there and maybe grab some water yeah. and, and head back. So is the plan then... Like, let's say the 50-kilometer group gets out the 25 kilometers out of town to the halfway point. They go to the turnaround. Is the idea that you're hoping that all of them can be crossing the road at the same time? Or are you saying we'll have well, a couple it's a of people straight, cross? It's a straight okay. out and back yeah. um, okay. route. It's Highway 16. But they have to cross the road to come back, right? They have to cross the highway to they come do. back. They do. So that is the turnaround yeah. point. But when they do that, is the idea you're hoping to have all of them be able to turn sort of at the same time? Or are you saying we'll have maybe the first three or four riders stop and then we'll chat? Okay, there's somebody coming. I we'll stop we'll... our people and let that and let the vehicle go by before we send some more of our people. Well, I think there'll be somebody on the highway and it'll be well marked. Okay. Um, turnaround points will be really well marked that there will be someone there sort of directing them but mm-hmm. i don't i don't think we'll have issues with um congestion or anything no. okay. like that so yeah. i don't i don't see that as a problem okay now 
this is, of course, a fundraiser mm-hmm. for the BC Cancer Foundation. Correct. If people want to donate, is there a way they can do it? Or could they even come out to Pineview on Saturday morning and be able to make donations there or no? I mean, we could take cash donations, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be a little more I don't think that that would be the venue to do that because yeah. we'll be, you know, riding yeah. our bicycles. <laughs> this is this is a celebration for all all of our fundraising over the course of mm-hmm. well, really the last two years. Yeah. So this is a celebration for the riders. It's sort of the icing on the cake as far as you know, like someone said on the team, an exclamation mark yeah. for all of the work that we've done this year. Um, if you want to donate, you can go to Tour de Cure and just ah, okay. look up or put in the search bar, Wheel and Warriors of the North. Uh, there are many uh, cyclists on that team that are still actually looking for their fundraising or to reach their fundraising mm-hmm. goals. So, you know, they can go, go to that, scroll through the list of names. And if there's someone in particular they want to donate to, they can go through that route. Okay. So it's Tour de Cure and the Tour de Cure bike race with... Original ride. Wheel and Warrior of the North ride. ride. Yeah. Well, okay. It's not a race. It's don't a tell ride. that to Ron Gallo. <laughs> no, it's going to be a original fun. Wheel and Warrior. Karen Pichet and newest <laughs> member Sylvia Massage on Saturday. Motorists, keep your eyes open for them. Basically, on Highway 16 is the area where most motorists will be. Karen and Sylvia, thank you very much for coming in. Thank you, Alan. Okay. Thank you. Okay, we're going to take another quick break and be back with more after 9. This October, BC Schizophrenia Society members have the opportunity to virtually sit down with Dr. Mahesh Manon to learn more about cognitive remediation therapy in BC. Working with world-class experts in CRT, Dr. Manon is part of the working group bringing cognitive remediation therapy to BC. Become a member of the Schizophrenia Society today so you can take part and add your voice to build a better world for people living with serious mental illness. BC Schizophrenia Society memberships are available at bcss.org slash membership. New at Two Rivers Gallery, the Covidian Garden Party, a coming of age by Kat Severson. Conceived in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, the Covidian Garden Party explores isolation and mortality through landscape. The exhibit also includes works from two dozen guest collaborators, creating a sense of togetherness and collaboration in the face of isolation. The Covidian Garden Party, a coming of age by Kat Severson, on through October 3rd at Two Rivers Gallery, where creativity flows in the Canada Games Plaza. Children are particularly susceptible to extreme temperatures, so reducing risk of heat-related illness and burns is crucial to ensuring safety. By increasing shade, planting more trees, and adding water features, parks and playgrounds can become healthier, more comfortable, and inviting spaces. The National Program for Playground Safety, along with the Standards Council of Canada, have developed technical guidance for making hot playgrounds safer and more comfortable. Find more information on protecting children from extreme heat through the services link under Health Canada at Canada.ca. Forecast from Environment Canada. A mix of sun and cloud today. Wind from the south at 20. A high of 21 with a high UV index. Clear tonight. South winds becoming light early this evening. A low of 5. For Wednesday, sunny. A high of 22 with a high UV index. Thank you for tuning in and staying tuned to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. chat with the YMCA of Northern BC, but it's a different voice this time around. Lauren Marut joins us this morning. Good morning, Lauren. Good morning. Now, 
I'm just going to check and make sure I've got this straight. You are the philanthropy coordinator, correct? Yes, I am. Which means you are one of those people where you don't really know any of the seasons, do you? It's, with you, it's a year-round <laughs> yeah. thing. Yes, absolutely. Our, our fundraising campaigns work year-round. I get to do the Christmas party, so that's the season Ooh. I'm most looking forward to, but... Um, yeah, I am all year round working on our annual campaign. Okay, and you realize, of course, there are some people out there going, Lauren, it's August the 24th, stop <laughs> talking about Christmas. Oh, I, I think it's never too early. We had so much fun last year, and uh, I, I just love that part of my job. Yeah, well, I guess, I'm guessing with that and with your other events, and even with a lot of the programs, you guys, like so many others, are still kind of waiting for what happens at the latest, probably now, September the 7th, with the province making the announcement about um, possibly going to the next level or staying where we are. Yeah, absolutely. You know, things are, are we, we've learned to hold things in a really open ground mm -hmm. and, and not uh, take things too seriously because... Um, my entire uh, like portfolio and everything that I do for my job has changed. So, but it's been really fun. We had um, a different sort of megathon. Usually, megathon yeah. is our biggest in-person fundraiser that we host at the Y, and that one had to we had to do it out of the building. We did our Healthy Kids Day in a completely different format, and so it's it's just about about staying flexible and changing and continuing to offer our services in the best way that we can. Now, I am wondering, and again, you guys probably don't have all the details on this yet, but with the announcement yesterday of BC going to the vaccine cards, if you will, that people are going to have to show, I'm thinking a place like the Y um, fits into that, doesn't it? Because high-intensity workouts and stuff, I believe, is one of the categories where you're going to have to show the card. But again, that was just announced yesterday, so I'm guessing it's still totally open at this point what you guys are going to be doing. Yeah, absolutely. The, the technical kind of user experience, the mm -hmm. members are going to be um, experiencing on the day-to-day. -day. We haven't um, really figured that out yet. We're waiting for, <laughs> for specific guidance, but... Um, we just we follow what all public health orders come through, and, and there will be changes to our health, fitness, and aquatics. And yeah. um, we just hope that, um, yeah, that this can can turn a corner for us, and that we can be um, hopefully that that yeah, the new season that we'll be able to um, just yeah come come back in January, right? And um, and until then, we'll just we'll just follow the guidance that comes out from the yeah. provincial health office for fitness centers. But yeah, we do expect. Um, some changes, especially at the Prince George Family Y and the Vanderhoof Aquatic Center. Yeah. So now I'm guessing you guys are right in between seasons now, I guess, to some extent as well, aren't you? Because the fall programs haven't quite started yet. Yeah, I was actually, um, <laughs> as I was thinking about this uh, um, radio thought I was like, what am I going to It's such a funny season for me in philanthropy. And um, we had actually just launched a new fundraising campaign, and we uh, uh, yesterday morning woke up and um, had found out we had a very generous donation um, for uh, a fundraising campaign. We were um, working towards buying a piece of play therapy equipment for Simon Fraser Lodge. So the YMCA operates the recreation services at Simon Fraser Lodge, and um, we're going to be able to fund um, a very cutting-edge piece of technology that helps those residents um, play. It's kind of a, a light projector that mm -hmm. um, projects kind of 
virtual games onto a table. So we're really excited for that, and and I'm, yeah, just so thankful for the community support because it, it made for a fast fundraising effort. So. <laughs> and one, I'm guessing to some extent, then over the last what year, year and a half, doing the fundraising part. It's been more work in some respects, but less in others because you don't you don't have to worry so much about organizing the big events, do you? Well, I, I keep saying that cleanup has been usually a little bit easier, but everything else seems to be about the same. Um, again, we have amazing community support, and we're able to meet our annual campaign goals last year, and so um, that was through um, even additional support for our stay with us campaign last year because we were closed for an extended amount of time and and a number of our members uh chose to continue to pay their membership fees during that time um and to have those um directly donated to the work and services that we were doing um throughout the pandemic and so um yeah it was it was really encouraging to continue to meet those goals even though we weren't having as many in-person fundraisers and and also had less staff on our side and less muscle to to put those things together so right now over at the y um the main office on massey is it yes yeah yeah is it like when you're looking around there today, say, is it pretty much the same as it was, say, two summers ago as opposed to last summer in terms of maybe not even how many people are there, but what's available for people to use? Yeah, so our our group fitness um, is geared up and ready to go. So that was kind of the last mm-hmm. piece of reopening that, um, again, for, for the membership experience um like the rec rooms open child minding services are open um so yeah coming coming in and exercising and it's starting to really feel like uh there's people in the building and the treadmills are going Mm -hmm. and um and so that's exciting it just feels more more vibrant and and a great community to be in when um there's no longer like mask requirements on the fitness floor which is um Mm -hmm. was a big kind of So now you were talking earlier about the Christmas party. Is that sort of the next major event on the schedule for the Y, or have you got something planned for the fall? Oh, yeah. We have a a campaign coming up that is really near and dear to my heart. So this will be our third year um, running an Orange Shirt Day campaign. Mm. Um, So this is a partnership that we have with a local Indigenous business person, Adam, from mm-hmm. Adamant Prince. Um, and so um, they, Adam and his brother, work together to create um, a design every year. So every year our, our shirts are mm-hmm. um, new. And this year um, we are donating all the proceeds of that campaign back to the Orange Shirt Day Society. So um, the YMCA um, nationally um, is starting to work on Orange Shirt Day campaigns. And so... It's really exciting that, that this is our third year doing it, that we've, we've done this a couple times, and it's um, very important that that effort towards reconciliation for our, yeah. our association. So when specifically is Orange Shirt Day? That is the end of September, so September 30th. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a Orange Shirt uh, supply crisis um, <laughs> in Canada right now, so our Orange Shirts are on their way. We have a couple um, of... We did a small run in the spring, so we have 
um, adult size phones. People are looking for those. There's a couple available right now at our front desk, but um, otherwise we'll have shirts at the Y once the supply comes in and, and then they're hand printed. Adam mm-hmm. screen prints them all in print shirts. And so um, it's, it's a labor of love and it's, it's a labor of labor. It takes a lot of work for him. So once they're ready, um, we put that out on our social media and people can, can come and buy those shirts. And again, all of the proceeds are going to the Orange Shirt Day Society. Okay, so people can't pre-order the shirts? They could pre-order, okay. yes. Um, especially we've had some, some large orders in the last year, which again is exciting that we have yeah. other local businesses partnering with us in this. So um, people can contact me, who's the best person to contact. Um, my name, again, is Lauren Marut. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they call the Prince George Family Y or walk in, um, they'd be able to put them in contact with me. I won't spell my email address on the air because my no. name is confusing. So if you ask for Lauren or ask for orange shirts, um, they'll be able to put you in touch with me. Okay. So let's get the contact info then. So what's the phone number at the Y? Yeah, it's uh, 250-562-9341 is the phone number. Um, It's available on our website. Or if you message the Facebook page, um, our marketing department knows also where to find me. So if you just message the Facebook page and say, hey, I want an orange shirt, they would put you directly in contact with me. Okay. Now, earlier you mentioned the phone number, and then I got the phone number. Now you just mentioned the website. What's the (laughs) website address? Um, that is ncc.ymca.ca. Okay. Lauren Marut from the YMCA of Northern BC, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with us this morning. Thank you for having me on. Okay. Take another quick break and then wrap things up after 9. High demand for emergency services has led to longer wait times on police non-emergency lines answered by ECOM as call takers prioritize a record-breaking number of 911 calls from people in life-or-death situations. Adding to current issues with wait times, ECOM reports that up to 36% of calls received are non-emergency calls. A list of alternative resources and information on what qualifies as a non-emergency call can be found on the ECOM website at ecom911.ca. Vancouver, Kelowna-based artist Keith Langergrabber's exhibition, The Wilderness of Mirrors, is on now at Two Rivers Gallery. The Wilderness of Mirrors explores a fictional narrative utilizing video, sculpture, and drawing set around Monument 83, a wildfire lookout point on the Canada-U.S. border. Two Rivers Gallery is open Tuesday through Saturday from 10 to 5 with admission by donation. The Wilderness of Mirrors by Keith Langergrabber through October 3rd at Two Rivers Gallery. The Youth and Grandparents Film Program. Families are invited to tell their stories on video as part of a new production project. Up to 40 young people from the area will be chosen to participate in a program to produce one short film each featuring their grandparents either virtually or in person. Films will be featured in a virtual gala submitted to the Real Youth Film Festival and distributed on YouTube. It's the Youth and Grandparents Film Project. To get involved, contact project leader Courtney Trudeau by email to k. Trudeau at hotmail.ca. City crews have finished construction of a new crosswalk on Tyner Boulevard at the intersection with Baker and Gannett Roads. The new crosswalk has a rectangular rapid flashing beacon design. This means in addition to standard crosswalk paving markings and signage, pedestrians are able to activate flashing lights to alert motorists of their presence. Motorists are reminded to watch for pedestrians utilizing the new marked crossing. More information on the new Tyner Boulevard crosswalk is available through the Roads and Transportation link under City Services at PrinceGeorge.ca. 
This is After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. Got a few minutes left. One thing I want to mention, because we were talking with Karen Pichet and Sylvia Massage a little while ago with the Tour de Cure coming up on Saturday with the Wheeling Warriors of the North. Well, another cancer fundraiser event that's coming up uh, next month, September the 19th, actually, is when the climb for cancer takes place on the cut banks. And I'm hoping to have somebody with them. Uh, in the next week or two, because they're going to have a community barbecue and concert the night before is what their schedule is. So mm-hmm. it's sort of a two-day event, but the climb is one day. So the climb part is sort of getting back to where they were pre-COVID, where it was all done on one day. But they're doing the same thing as they did last year, where you have to book a time for your team to come on and do the climb because of COVID. They want to make sure that they've got to clean the hill after. No, they don't. <laughs> But you have to go out and party the night before and then climb the hill. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not too, I don't know. I'm assuming the party will be over early. Or again, they might start the climb a little bit later for those people <laughs> who are out partying. Um, so that again is coming up. Hoping, as I say, to have somebody because we had Sandra Blackwell on a couple of weeks ago talking about it. Mm-hmm. And you may recall she basically blackmailed us, didn't she? She did so. I asked her about the barbecue and the concert, and she said, well, we're not ready to release the details on that yet. You're going to have to have us back on. So hopefully next week or the following week, we will have them on. A two-week period of it, yeah. Yeah. Um, Another thing that is still going on. Uh, two things that are still going on, actually, over at Two Rivers Gallery, of course. Mm -hmm. And we've done interviews with... All of them. All of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the Rusted Galleria is Arterial, which is the five BC artists between Prince George and Prince Rupert, mm-hmm. who have, they all work in different styles of painting, but every single one of the works has a line four and a half inches from the bottom, and they were all made the same height, so they've got a connecting line all the way across them in the Rusted Galleria. And then in the uh, the actual main galleries... Uh, Kat Sievertson's work, the Covidian Garden Party, which was, well, she's got some of her own works there as well, but the Covidian Garden Party was her and I believe 24 other artists who she knew from around the world, basically, who all contributed to this, having a garden party during the middle of COVID. Kind of a concept. And so they all contributed to this in terms of getting together and having a party. Keith Langergraber, his work, The Wilderness of Mirrors, is all about solitude in the Firewatch Towers down at the Canada-U.S. border. And um, I've heard from a couple of people who have gone to it. I haven't had a chance yet myself. And a couple of them say, well, the one, he's not really into horror movies, but he's into scary movies, if you will. Okay. And he says, this, if you come to it in that sense of mind, More of a it can be kind of scary. Yeah. As he said, and this is the sort of thing that I like as well. He says it gets you more in the head than in the gut, and I much prefer that sort of movie. Even though it makes you, even though it means you're going to be thinking about it afterwards, which is sometimes not a great idea. But as I say, I prefer that to the movie where it's just, oh look, fifteenth person in the movie just had their guts spilled all over the house. Big deal. That's a good one to check out. Yeah. And though that is on until beginning of October, those two. And the Arterio in the Rusted Galleria is on until September the 19th. And, and again, 
I believe what they've got now is I think what the gallery has done is right now, I believe it's admission by donation all the time. Okay. It used to be there was, you could go into the rest of the gallery at any time for free. But to go into the main galleries, I think it was there was an admission cost, except on Thursdays, which were free for the entire gallery. As I understand it now, it is basically by donation, period. Oh. Which, ki- which kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So that will wrap things up for today's show. I've just got to quickly – I should know who I've got on the show tomorrow because I'm the host. I do know we'll be talking with someone from the Prince George Symphony Orchestra because they've got a show set up. Um, Mandy Patchen, Glass House Experience. We've talked to her before. And, of course, it's that uh, getting near the end of the month, so it's time to chat with Kaylee from Books and Company. There and we'll go. do that tomorrow after 9. After 9 is a daily presentation of CFIS-FM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Reg Fair, and Nathan Gita. Additional contributors include CBC News and the National Campus and Community Radio Association. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. This is 93.1 CFIS-FM, proudly supported by local businesses like Simba Motors, number 24, 